Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Most of your leads that are purchased in the trades, what I call purchased, I mean, you may purchase them through something like Angie's List or, mm-hmm. or whatever they're calling it now. I guess they've merged together Home Advisor. I mean, those are okay to use when you first get started, but if, if you stay with them after about year three, they, they do become the crack cocaine of marketing. You're competing with multiple people. It's a race to the bottom, but you got to start somewhere when you're brand new. You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to paid. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Hey everyone, it is a great day at Estimate Rocket Radio and I want to give you all a very warm welcome. My name is Kathleen, I'm a co-owner here at Estimate Rocket and I'm joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank, who is our leader of education and engagement at Estimate Rocket University. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm great. And it's very nice to be with you, my dynamic co-host, Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) I love when you talk like that. Uh, Today, we are super excited to have in the Estimate Rocket Radio studios with us, Brandon Lewis. I've known Brandon Lewis personally, and I think you have too, Chris, for so many years. Brandon is celebrating seven years as the founder of Academy for Professional Painting, and he also is the publisher of Painters Weekly. So we are in the middle of our vision conference at Estimate Rocket. We're talking about sales planning. The second half of the vision conference, we'll be talking about profit planning. It's 10 weeks of pretty neat sessions going over how to collect data, how to analyze trends, and then plugging that information into actual numbers that you're trying to hit for sales and profit. So we picked Brandon's brain and it was awesome. I know it seems all over the place, but if you want something super structured and linear, attend the vision conference, but in this, just enjoy this rapid fire with Brandon Lewis. And he does really good on his feet. He is a thinker and he has very strong processes that he leads business owners through. You might want to check him out at Painters Academy. He talks about generating leads, how to go to your repeat business lists, generating new leads, course correction for your sales numbers, training and accountability for employees to hit those numbers. It's great. At the end of the day, this guy always gets you thinking. Well, welcome, Brandon, to Estimate Rocket Radio. We are thrilled to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here, Miss Kathy, and it's great to join you and Chris for this, and I hope that your audience gets a ton out of it. You probably won't disappoint us, as you never do, with some challenging thoughts and maybe some controversial thoughts. (laughs) You always bring something really cool to the table and make us think in different ways, turn the conversation on its head a little bit. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Are you ready for that, Brandon? I'm ready. I, I try to stay away from controversy and keep my <laughs> to myself largely. I'm just going to say, wait, Chris, I like to be the controversial one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kathy, okay. Right. <laughs> that's um, the Irish side of me. That's right. Well, this is going to be fun. And Brandon, it's, it's so cool to be on a podcast again with you. 
Um, we are talking this month and for the next few months at Estimate Rocket about sales planning, profit planning. And um, we we thought, let's bring on Brandon. Brandon will have some neat thoughts. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you work with a bunch of business owners and you you have great systems. You're walking people through this stuff all the time. And so we just kind of want to start with this whole idea of um, when you're talking to business owners, how do you start the conversation about sales planning and kind of planning ahead for the next year, the next two years, or however far you guys plan out? What do you what do you start with? The first thing I will readily admit that, and I work in full disclosure um, in the painting industry primarily, well, almost exclusively with repaint contractors. However, um, the business systems that are in plumbing, roofing, electrical uh, are, are almost identically the same, except mm-hmm. when you get into a little bit of design build, there's a stagger step uh, in the, the sales process where you, you do the design consultation. But aside from that, the, the fundamentals are very similar. And uh, truthfully, most, most of our owners uh, do not do much in the way of sales planning, but the more advanced uh, companies that tend to be up in the two to $3 million range who have uh, multiple sales representatives and a few uh, middle layer operational folks, those are the ones that, that tend to really sink their teeth into uh, sales forecasting and reaching uh, sales numbers in the next year because they, they have to in order to keep right. everybody working. I'm Prithvi Rakhiani, and we've got recruiting best practices, pain and training resources, and a bare pro sweepstakes coming your way in this PCA Minute. It's recruiting season. If you're wondering where all the good candidates are, we got you covered. There's an entire section on PCA Overdrive dedicated to hiring, recruiting, and retention. Curated from your favorite podcasts, expo sessions, and virtual events, you learn to hire and keep rock stars in your company. Just look for the hiring, recruiting, and retention lane on PCA Overdrive. Get your crew field ready faster with PCA's painter training. PCA Overdrive provides free access to painter training videos in English and Spanish. Our training portal offers a more in-depth learning experience through a guided pathway. Each module has an assessment and certificates are awarded at the completion of each level. To learn more, go to pcapaintad.org slash training. Finally, enter for a chance to win the Bear Pro Painter Sweepstakes. Price includes $5,000 worth of Bear, Kills, Graco, and 3M products. Visit pca.so slash Bear Pro Sweepstakes to enter now. And now real quick, and it's funny you say that because that seems to be my impression too with a lot of the business owners that I've been around um, that this may not be a common practice. One, maybe because they don't know how to, mm-hmm. um, but maybe they just don't know that that they should even, not just that you don't know how, but that you don't even have the the know how the the know why, maybe, not just the know how. Is it, well, do you think that's accurate? Well, it's it's a little bit of, of both. Um, you've got to remember that the career path for 90 some odd percent of individuals that are in home services. Um, is that they were a, uh, a, a, a technician, then they became a crew leader, typically. Mm-hmm. And then one day they walked out and decided to start their own business. And so then, uh, even though all the technical skills are there, the sales, uh, tracking, administrative, operational management, recruiting and hiring responsibilities are kind of dumped into their lap. And so they can paint a project, plumb a project, uh, put a roof on a building, landscape a project. Now they have to do all these additional functions in order to close the job and produce it profitably or to generate the lead. 
And a lot of this is just kind of alien and pe people pick it up as they go. Um, I would say that that most of your listeners likely uh, look at this less from a forecasting standpoint and more from a how do I make more money doing what I'm already doing? And then also just kind of this general idea of how do I improve my business and grow it? Um, but typically, uh, most that I work with are not as, as um, I guess, they do not look as far down the calendar as they likely should, uh, though a few of them do. So, Brandon, if you had to give our customers advice, what would you, how would you guide them in collecting various numbers throughout the year to prepare for sales planning? What would you have them look at? So this is a process that I especially take our platinum members through because I work with them one-on-one, -on -one, not so, so much people that are in our group program. And we start off with a, an 11 point assessment. And a lot of it has to do with reaching your, your goals the next year. So we look at preceding years, year to date, depending on when they join that program. And then we look into the next year. And so one of the first things I think it's important to, to think about is, you know, where are your leads coming from? Uh, because there are some numbers that make a, a big difference in, in sales forecasting, and those are your average transaction size, your close rate, and your cost of sale. We'll talk about those a little bit more but uh, later, but the, when your leads are coming from, are they repeat clients? Meaning, are they people that have done business with you in the past? Are they referred uh, business from an end user? Meaning that it's, most of your businesses are likely divided um, among commercial and residential with probably a focus on residential. So are they referred businesses from the end user? Are they B2B referrals from other tradespeople or insurance uh, adjusters or real estate agents or property inspectors? Are they commercial prospecting leads? Are they paid online leads, organic leads from uh, digital web properties that the, the company owns? Or are they generated through operational marketing? You show up mm -hmm. to uh, do a job, is it yard signs and uh, uh, distribution and canvassing or, or clip flyers? How are you getting the phone to ring uh, in those manners? So there's a handful of ways uh, that these leads are generated, but they have a, a specific lead type. And that lead type uh, really has a lot to do with how much or how little of something you're going to have to do in order to hit your sales goals. And we're not really talking about profitability today, but uh, you know, profitability comes to play as well. What does a strategy look like? So you, you talked about um, what things you could do, but how, how would you help them set that goal? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and taking a step back, you know, we talk about where your lead's coming from. And there's really two ways that you can do that uh, before we, we move into the next part. Yeah, okay. Important. Um, number one, there are two ways that people tend to track things. The, the most common way, which is pretty darn misleading, is just asking people how they heard about you. Now, that is better than not tracking it at all. But I know from firsthand experience, and our members do as well, um, if you put lead source categories in your intake survey um, that, that you do not use, if you say TV, if you say newspaper, if you say Yellow Pages, if you say uh, Twitter advertising, whatever, uh, a lot of people will pick places you've never been because they don't really know. Like a lot of people just don't remember. So that that's always a little dicey. The more appropriate way is if you're spending money, especially with um, in a significant amount of money, 
is to do direct link or phone tracking, meaning that you drive people to a customized URL or, or you use cookies or some other form of Google Analytics traffic to see where the, the, the leads come from, or you drive them to a call tracking uh, feature like CallRail or some other uh, software platform. And again, these tend to be things that are larger companies that are a little bit more sophisticated use. Uh, but if you're going to spend two, $3,000 a month on a specific lead generation strategy to hit your sales goals, it, it's really kind of irresponsible not to spend the extra $10 uh, to, to $50 to set up a landing page or something that, that lets your, uh, it makes your advertising dollars more accountable. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you're saying mm-hmm. you got to have, you got to have the framework for understanding how successful some of your planning is in, in your tactics are going to be. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, otherwise, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how, um, because the three metrics that really matter, Chris, are a transaction size, closing rate, and, and cost of sale uh, oh. are the real, the three big ones. And a lot of times people will spend an enormous amount of money on lead generation to hit their sales goals. But then when I ask them, okay, uh, this seven, $8,000 a month that you're spending, which sources are really performing well, which sources are not performing well, because we may need to shift some things around. And most often they can't really tell me. Right. Uh, they know they're spending money, but what I do know, uh, luckily from working with a uh, uh, the second largest painting franchise for about four years, I was able to look at their data and reinforce a lot of the um, preconceived notions and uh, prejudices that I had, which is, you know, your re- <laughs> Your repeat um, business, your transaction sizes are typically, you know, much larger, for example. And of course, your transaction sizes will vary here based upon the audience and the trade. But most people that that had uh, repeat or had their first transaction size through uh, online leads that were generated cold through any medium, although some prepare, perform better than others, uh, you know, $1,700, $1,800 per transaction but the repeat, the repeat transactions were like 3,200, 3,400. Yeah. Uh, your cost of acquisition is lower and your close rate is higher. Right. And that means if you're going to put your money somewhere first, you start with the things that make you the most money, that have the largest transaction sizes and, and the highest closing rates with the lowest uh, acquisition cost, what we call cost per sale, then you work your way backwards. And uh, but there is a limitation, right? If you're trying to grow rapidly and you have a small list, in-house list, there's only so much you're going to be able to get from those efforts. Same thing with operational marketing. Uh, But there are other things you can do that that you can spend time and money on to increase those numbers of first time transactions. And so doing some very simple division and multiplication to determine what these numbers are can really let you let you know, wow, we, we, we don't need to be fishing in this pond. We need to be fishing in that pond. Exactly. Right. Wow.
Yeah. Yeah. So, the, 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 the percentages for the repeat business, that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what you're pushing a lot with, with when people are doing sales planning and when you're helping businesses, you're saying, first of all, are you capturing your repeat? That's one of the first things you push them to. It sounds like, mm-hmm. like, look at, first of all, look at the numbers. How are you capturing that information? And then you help them understand how to capture that repeat business, right? Yeah. It's almost like, um, I guess a good way to, to put it, and I, I'm just reaching for an analogy here that's probably going to fall apart, but here we go. Good, so good. I, was, I like these. <laughs> I was outside. We've got, what do you call, we call them pin oaks and they're terrible and they're in our, in our backyard and the leaves are a lot microscopically small and they're the first ones to fall every year. And you want to get all the leaves out of the yard, but you don't start going into the nooks and crannies uh, first, right? You, you try to get the big places that are the big messes. You try to use the blower first, anything that's fast and quick. And mm-hmm. then you get down to the, to the fact that you do have to use the rake and then you do have to go in Then you got to make little small trips. And then eventually you're down to like almost sweeping up little handfuls of stuff, but you don't start with the handfuls. And that's what a lot of people do with their sales planning. They, um, <laughs> they, they work on the things that are tertiary first, that are of least importance. Uh, another analogy is like if people want to get in shape, um, you know, there's some things you start with, you know, you start with diet and exercise. Could you begin with supplements and could you begin <laughs> with education? You could. I hear that all the time. People asking like, um, what vitamins should I be taking? I'm like, well, the vitamins, man, that's like one to 2% of the change that you're going to see. I'm like, right. And exactly. So and you we start, love that, don't we? <laughs> start with the low hanging fruit on the tree, the stuff right. that's to access that takes very little effort to get the things that are already right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the things that because, and for those who are listening, who have businesses that are uh, three years or older, um, the only real advantage you have uh, having been in business for three years that someone doesn't that started yesterday is you have this huge list of right. people that have done business with you or in, in the case of those who use estimate rocket, uh, you have also your unconverted leads, at, mm-hmm. or we call them unconverted leads, but they're really unconverted estimates, people that you've written estimates for that did not buy. And maybe you gave up on them too early in the sales cycle, or this time wasn't correct, but they had a bad experience. And next time they'll buy from you. You've got this huge database of people that you mm-hmm. have previously paid for to generate them as a lead in a very expensive way, but now they're sitting on a list. And you can now market to them for next to nothing. And in some cases with text messaging and email and voice mm-hmm. broadcast, oh, it is so cheap to reach them. So why go spend so much money to talk to total strangers that are unqualified, although you will eventually get to it, don't get me wrong. We need to start where you've got a home field advantage and then work our way back to things like uh, really targeted Facebook advertising, Google AdWords, uh, things of that nature. Uh, but don't ever, you know, start with the the, the stuff that, that really helps a lot first and then work your way back down. You know, it's interesting. We had a rival champion on. We do this training called Rival and it helps people rival their past personal best using Estimate Rocket and become a stronger competitor in the marketplace. So basically we're teaching people how to use Estimate Rocket to make their business better. But we bring on what we call a rival champion every once in a while. Somebody who's just completed a lot of estimates in Estimate Rocket. And today we all had on uh, Rachel Garmers from Walls by Design. And I said, hey, I don't know if you know, Rachel, but your company has completed in the last couple of years that she's been there, 
4,000 estimates. Wow. And that's mostly through, through her. She was saying they trained her when she came on, but they, they weren't deep into estimate rocket yet. So, but I'm tying this in because you don't realize sometimes now those are not completed projects, you know, fully accepted proposals, but that is all leads in the system. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty solid leads to start the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to start at least getting getting the information in there. And I imagine people don't realize that you have a list that big, that's that warm and ready. Um, and I, I think that's why the repeat business message is so powerful because people have money just sitting there. They, they don't know how to actualize it maybe. And that's, hmm. I think, what you do really well, Brandon. I've, I've I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I was reviewing some numbers with a client um, two weeks ago, maybe three. And I'm a little bit blown away because they were small. They only had about 370 uh, past clients. But when we started breaking down their leads uh, or their closed projects by lead source, of course, now their their repeat business closed. And I could not believe this because they really pushed the envelope on their prices, but they've got a great sales system. Their lead sources uh, and the repeat and referral were, were closing at like in the 70 to 60 percentile but they had like roughly 70 projects came out of past clients. And I, you know, Mm. I looked at that and I was like, that is 20% of the people on your list bought from you this year, 20%. Mm. It's just a remarkably high number. Now it it may not be that high next year, but I often see that as people uh, grossly underestimate um, the frequency with which people purchase uh, how much they purchase and how much they refer, but mm-hmm. you, know, you do have to work it. They don't just magically do it. Uh, if you do not communicate with them, they will forget you and, and those numbers will not be there. So I just want to tell you, Brandon, in the estimate rocket, you can actually flag every single lead generation within your customer uh, database. So if that, that customer came in from Facebook or Google ads or a referral or Angie's list, a realtor or a builder, you can, you can mark that in that customer file log, and then you can run reports. And it's always nice to send people thank you notes, say if you know it was a referral or if it did come from a builder, it's nice to be able to send that builder a gift or um, even, a, even an email saying thank you. So it's, it's nice to have that data to collect. And to see where you're putting your ad dollars. If it's working, if it isn't working, you can change it up quickly so that you're not losing money on specific marketing dollars. And if I could chime in here, using Estimate Rocket to do that or, or tracking it however you, you, you do if you're not a client of Estimate mm-hmm. Rocket yet, um, it's really important. In today's world, most of your, uh, most of your leads that are purchased in the trades what I call purchased. I mean, you may purchase them through something like um, Angie's List or mm-hmm. or whatever they're calling it now. I guess they've merged together Home Advisor. Um, and a lot, I do, I mean, those are okay to use when you first get started, but if, if you stay with them after about year three, they, they do become the crack cocaine of marketing um, because you, you're competing with multiple people. It's a race to the bottom, but you got to start somewhere when you're brand new. There and is. There's my controversial piece. Yes, I got well, it. It's not controversial. <laughs> you know, look, I'm just you know, kidding. You shouldn't eat spam for three meals. That is controversial. <laughs> <laughs> it may be controversial, but it is also. Well, oh, but they have, if you go to Hawaii, 
there's many flavors of spam. You can get pineapple, you can get hot and spicy. <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, spam all around. Um, <laughs> no, well, I loved, I love what you said. No, that's so good. I, and you say it in such a way too. I love it. <laughs> the good, the good reason to track that stuff. And, and, or if you, for example, you know, you sign up with a marketing agency and they always promise you the moon. I've worked with many over my, over my uh, career. A uh, few can deliver, most cannot. And uh, when you track your leads and you know, Hey, I'm paying this for a lead. And this is three times more expensive than this. And the transaction size is low and the close rate is terrible. And oh, by the way, a lot of these people don't even show up for an estimate. When you're reviewing how you're spending your marketing dollars and your salespeople's time or your marketing time, because some of these things are, are really time-based, like operational marketing, uh, B2B referral programs, commercial prospecting, that's really more time than money. Uh, you can look at it and then say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I know you say that there's value and I know you say that you're delivering, but based on my lead tracking, you're not. And, and it doesn't um, allow your company to be held hostage as you do your sales planning for 2022 based upon the emotional feelings of somebody who you know is, is taking your money, but rather you can can decide if, if, if their advice is well-founded or not based on the metrics. God love those metrics. So Brandon, as, as you are into the year, how do you course correct if you find that all of a sudden you're not hitting your numbers? Well, for example, let's say that you wanted to, to reach a million dollars sales goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you would start with something very simple. Uh, you could look at your historic numbers of, of, for example, repeat or referral business. And let's say your average transaction size uh, for simple math, and I should have brought my calculator in here, uh, is $3,000. So mm -hmm. that means that you have to do 33 jobs per hundred. So that's 33 times uh, 10, which means you've got to do three, you'd have to do 330 uh, repeat jobs to get there. But let's say your database is only 600 people. You can't possibly get there with that. Uh, let's say referrals might be another one, another uh, 50 that you could get. You take that that number that you're trying to hit from a sales standpoint, um, and of course you should look at, at you know personal profitability as the company owner. But let's say top line sales for now, that means you've got to get 330 you know jobs of, of referrals uh, or re repeats. But let's say that your average transaction through first time clients uh, through online cold lead generation is fifteen hundred dollars, but your organic leads are two thousand. So mm -hmm. you'll have an idea of what happened last year, what lead sources they came in through. And then you, you have to then look at your closing rate and then multiply or really divide uh, that number uh, by the closing rate. So for example, if, if you've got a 33% closing rate, which is kind of typical for cold online leads, if you've got a decent sales uh, um, process, then you know you can, you can back into that. And so you know, okay, in this category, we've got to have this. In this category, we've got to have that. Or, and then you decide you try to start off stronger in your better categories and really push those. Uh, but if you can't make it in those premium categories where you make the most money for the least amount of marketing dollar and sales effort, then you have to work your way down and, and decide if you're going to spend yourself into the sales goal uh, or if, if because the cost of transaction uh, size, is, it digs into your personal profit 
maybe maybe there's a cutoff point for that. So it's something you can really determine uh, quickly with some division and multiplication in an Excel spreadsheet. It's not very onerous. It's just kind of like a big complex word problem. Hey there, I bet business is probably picking up for you right now and things are feeling good. And using the right tools like Estimate Rocket can help keep it that way. Estimate Rocket offers professional estimates and proposals with digital signature, single source work orders for the entire team, lead to paid job management, full scheduling tools with mapping and time tracking, automated email campaigns, invoicing that exports to any accounting system, and deep data analysis reports. Go to EstimateRocket.com for a free 30-day trial to see if Estimate Rocket is a fit for you. Yeah, but I think people need help walking through that process. And I know that's, again, something that you guys do over there at the Painters Academy really well. Um, and I we've done some sessions before about winters coming and kind of preparing for some of those tough times when you do have to start, you know, I guess the real awareness of how well your planning is, is working, you know, it just, it just hits you. And so sometimes there's some quick corrections that need to be made. And, and uh, do you think that people, you talk about like simple calculations and stuff, but people probably struggle with that quite a bit. Would you say? Yes. Uh, I was on the phone with uh, Andrew over at APC magazine talking about uh, their, their tech fest. Uh, I think that's what they call it, where yeah. I'm going to be presenting. And, you know, it's all about technology, right? Uh, but a lot of folks in the trades uh, are really behind the technological eight ball more than I think. It's easy to get insulated. For example, everyone who uh, works with Estimate Rocket is someone who's decided to walk into our current century and have a sales system that will actually work for both getting the, the estimate accurate uh, for presenting it professionally to the client and for being able to track their database. And those are kind of quantum leaps in our trade because I've done 2,400 now hour long um, business diagnostics. And do you know what the number one technology tool that I have to recommend uh, to our clients is so that they can better manage their business. What's that? You're going to think this is crazy. <laughs> You're going to think I'm a, a dinosaur, but it's not me. It's the industry. I have to recommend a program, which is very good called Professor Teaches Excel, Word, and PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And that's wow. it. That's wow. because if you think about it, if you came through high school, for whatever reason, they apparently don't think it's important to teach you things that are actually useful. Um, and so you get out and well, that's never been taught to you. And you went right into the trades and you're primarily working in an analog world with your hands. Maybe, uh, the, the company has you fill out a timesheet digitally, but that's probably about it. Mm. And, and now you own a company, right? And so things that are very basic, um, that, that they really don't even in some cases teach in, in college. I'm surprised mm -hmm. at how many college students can't use the basic uh, communication devices in a, in a Microsoft Office suite. And of course, you know, Apple has their parallels. And so that's what I have to start with. And it, and it, and the technology deficit in the trades uh, on the ownership side, um, it is very deep. It's very deep. It's a lot deeper than people think. So Brandon, um, when you communicate your leadership goals to the rest of the team, how do you, how do you work on getting the buy-in? Uh, number one is, Everyone that's on your team has a handful of metrics 
that go along with their personal performance. For example, for crew leaders, uh, and this is this is does go into sales planning because if you can't produce it, you, you can't collect it. If you can't collect it, you can't hit your numbers for sales. Um, they've got a, a few metrics. Number one is um, is are you on budget with labor and material? We ask our guys to, to hit a 50% gross profits number, which means if you've got $10,000 in a project, 5,000 of it should be gross profits after labor material mm-hmm. and direct overhead. Uh, the second number is we have a very uh, easy to measure customer satisfaction metric that, but that we survey at the end of every project. We used to try to do it digitally, but we got about 20% response when we went back to analog paper forms. We've got like a 90 something percent response rate on that. So we use what works no matter. We, we do not discriminate based upon uh, medium. We just try to get the numbers. And then the third one is, you know, were your uh, were the processes followed and, and was your job packet turned in properly? So those are three very easy uh, metrics to follow. And you can train them on how to make that happen. So there's the first is the metric. What's the metric assigned to the individual? And then the second part is the process. What input creates that output? What activities or processes are followed by that individual to render uh, that metric, that output? What's the input process? And then as the owner, you know, your job is really to manage uh, the person to make sure they're following the process and then to coach, encourage, persuade um, incentivize them to, to do that uh, because it is in the best interest of, of, of their uh, role. It's in the best interest of the client and it's in the best interest of the company. So if, if all three parties do not do well, uh, people tend to, to not follow through on those processes that create the uh, outputs. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was, that was really good. When you I talk like about good, I'm glad yeah. <laughs> well, that wasn't just controversial. No, I'm kidding. So in the process of, what did you say? Coaching, encouraging, incentivizing, persuading. See, I listen. See, Brandon, I listen. I know you've got got excellent verbal comprehension. (laughs) But in in this process, you you talk about this packet and people having expectations and following through with obligations. Um, That sounds like a very prepared plan, a very prepared plan for what your employees are supposed to be doing. So you're not just coming up on it and saying, did you do what you're supposed to do? But you're actually, it sounds like you have, what's that? That does not work. Verbal instructions are, you know, you might as well just go ahead and, uh, and plan to be disappointed and it will all be your fault. (laughs) You should have a disappointment plan. You should be like, how do I get through my disappointment? That should be. How do I handle disappointment to managing your expectations? Uh, because you can't hold people accountable uh, without processes and, and verbal instructions are uh, secondary or tertiary. Uh, they, you know, we, we, we invented the printing press back in the 1400s for a reason. We should still be using it today and, and either digitally or analog, whatever works for you. Uh, but yeah, guys, guys need processes. Uh, staff need processes. Um, to, to wrap up that little thought on processes, you know, we primarily in the trades do the same things over and over and over again with slight variations. Mm. 80% of every project that you do is done just about the same way. And so everything that can be formalized should be, mm. uh, except, you know, there, there is that old 80-20 principle. You need to focus 80% of your efforts on 20% 
of the things that are really important. And then the other random 80%, you know, that's what staff meetings are for. That's what uh, verbal communication is for. And you hope that stuff lives on in the institutional memory of your organization uh, when that, that stuff's communicated. But you have to also be careful of um, overburdening your people with things that are ancillary and not important because, you know, it, it does detract from the main thing, which you don't want to do. Unless, Leslie, this, the processes that you're talking about, which are very, very planned out, very meticulous, it sounds like, and those packets, those are what you help your clients with, right? Um, that's through your program? Yeah. So, I mean, for example, uh, and this, this would apply to everyone listening that runs a service business. There, there are a few things, right? You've got to schedule and plan a job from the office perspective, meaning there is a checklist or a process that you follow every time you do a project. It doesn't matter the type of project. Um, and that's when, you know, the, the project gets handed over from sales to operations. And then, then you've got to delegate that responsibility of execution to the team member that's going to go out and do it. So there's a handoff, there's information to be handed off, instructions, typically materials, uh, tools in some cases. And then the the crew leader is then responsible to take that, go do the job and and bring back the check and, and a survey and some completed paperwork. And then your job at the office is then to process that transaction through and then, then, then hand that a client that you've just gotten completed onto your marketing team so that you can engage in customer retention practices through monthly mm-hmm. communication. And so there's a life cycle uh, for everything from the sales call uh, from origin to completion, or if it never gets completed at all, if they never buy from you, that gets handed off to marketing again as well for unconverted leads or estimates. So everything kind of happens in this what I call one-to-many fashion, meaning just about everybody is communicated with in a home service company uh, and even a commercial service company the same way the end users are. Um, all processes and projects and sales calls go through a very similar process. And your job as the owner is to identify uh, what really works uh, to formalize it to the degree where it's helpful but not overly complicated and then encourage your people to use those processes so they hit their goals. I mean, it's it's very simple. And if you do anything repetitively, uh, there needs to be a process and there needs to be a tool for it so that, you know, nobody has to remember anything. Everybody can just, just follow the process. Does your business need more reviews? Nice job can help. Our reputation marketing platform automates review invites to save you time. Reviews are collected and distributed across major platforms such as Google, Facebook, and more. Turn your reviews into customer stories with photos that you can share across your social channels. NiceJob allows you to manage all of this within our platform. Start your free trial today. So Brandon, where can people go to find you? Um, What information would you like to share with us? Um, that is available for them? Well, you know, we have a, a, a very good report on the basics and fundamentals of, of growing a painting business likely would not fit you if you're not a painter. But if you are, uh, paintersacademy.com, that's paintersacademy.com. And uh, you can follow us probably where we're followed the most is uh, YouTube, uh, the Academy for Professional Painting Contractors. 
lots of instructional videos there with with big concepts that are eye-opening to people. Uh, I get tons of feedback uh, from folks that go there, and I try to provide as much free instruction there as I can. And if you feel like you need any additional help, uh, just email Brandon at paintersacademy.com, and we'll get on the calendar. Awesome. Are you on social media? We are. We have a Facebook page. I would not say there's like a ton of of interaction there, but we are there. Uh, Primarily, you know, people go to our website. uh, They sign up um, for our free report. We we do send out newsletters uh, by email and text um, pretty frequently. And um, of course, we have a a, a decent following on YouTube and um, we we pick up a lot of people at our Painting Profit Summit, which is the second largest uh, industry event right now for independent painting contractors. So we love seeing people in person. Yes. And I know Estimate Rocket is a proud sponsor of that event. We've helped out with our painters purchasing group and uh, you really have. And this is uh, not a bunch of glorified ass kissing, although I'm not above it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, not above it, uh, but it, it, Estimate Rocket in the painting industry has become um, the most widely used estimating platform. Uh, people love it. People recommend it. Um, and when people ask me, you know, the platform that they would look for, I always uh, recommend Estimate Rocket because that's what our members recommend. It's not what, you know, I only uh, go out and seek people that I have organically heard from, from our members. Cause the last thing I ever want to do is recommend something to our members that, that doesn't work, but mm-hmm. I don't have to do that because they told me to reach out to you. <laughs> I mm. did not have to come <laughs> hunting you down. Our members are like, this works really well. Uh, it, it's simple and easy to understand. And uh, it has been a, a huge benefit to a lot of folks. And in closing, uh, whenever anyone looks at joining our program, and they say that they have Estimate Rocket, I'm always excited because I know that it will be a lot easier uh, for me to put together a customer reactivation or a retention program for the year for them. And I know that, that they will be a lot more likely to bolt on the persuasive elements in the sales process um, that both lead up to and that follow uh, the, you know, the production of a professional accurate estimate. So those are all things that the Estimate Rocket helps you do. Uh, don't take my word for it. You know, ask our members. Oh, that's, thank you so much. Awesome. Did not expect that. Thank you so much. No, Brandon. It's thank always you. A, and that means a lot. It does. Well, as, I only as, tell the truth, which well, is helpful, but it's often harmful. Uh, and so I just, I just let the chips fall where they may. And I just put it out there. So oh, thank you, you don't so have much. an estimating system right now that is production rate driven, uh, you're losing money, uh, and, and you need to look into something. And I think estimate rocket would be a good fit for you to try out. You know, it may, may not be your cup of tea, you know, but you should at least do the free trial and, and see what happens. Perfect. Thank well, you thank so you so much, much for being on the podcast. Well, I appreciate both of you. I've known y'all for a long time. It's great to talk to you. And I look uh, forward to seeing somebody from Estimate Rocket in Weston, Florida, the last week in January. Yeah, well, we love you, Brandon. Oh, thanks. You and my mother. (laughs) This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com. Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. 
To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org. 